welcome to First Focus, a podcast here at First Presbyterian Church in Columbia, where we highlight various events and ministries around the church. I'm Scott Hull, a member of First Presbyterian Church and one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, Josh Adair, pastoral intern of Biblical Counseling. What do we have for the folks this week, Josh? This week, we're interviewing Neil Mathias, Liz Cooper, and you. You three are going to share with us a missions recap of some of the different short-term trips that our church has sent folks on this summer and how we can get more involved with other trips that are coming up this fall and next year. If you have questions about the show or any ministry at the church, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website, which is firstprescolumbia.org. That is firstprescolumbia.org or on our app. Let's get to the conversation. It's good to have you back, Scott. Uh, I know yeah. that you were out of the country recently on uh, the France mission trip, and so it's good to be back in the studio with you today. Yeah, for sure. We also have two wonderful guests with us, uh, Reverend Neil Mathias. He's the director of the Frank Hill Center for World Missions here at our church, and we also have the assistant director of our college ministry, Liz Cooper. Say hello, you guys. It's good hello. to be here. Yeah. Uh, we're here today because we want to do a, an overview of some of the different summer missions that we've done this summer as a church, and and so. But before we get there, why don't you guys tell us a little bit more about yourself? I know that uh, each of you has been on this podcast previously, specifically, you know, Neil and and uh, Liz. Why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about your story, how you got here? Well, like Josh said, I'm Liz Cooper. I just came on staff with the college ministry in July as assistant director. Um, I went to USC for four years before that, so I've been at First Pres for a while. I've been a member for the last couple years. I'm originally from Charlotte. I grew up in the church. I grew up doing some short-term missions, um, things like that. I did not think that the Lord would end up calling me to full-time ministry, but I'm thrilled to be on staff here, thrilled to be doing college ministry. This is a dream job of mine. I'm really excited to be on staff at a church that I love and be doing what I love. I'm excited to be here on the podcast. That's awesome. So much excitement. I know that we're really excited to have you too, Liz. So thanks for sharing that. And Neil, I, I know you in some ways need no introduction, but why don't you share a little bit more about yourself? Well, the Matthias came to Columbia in 1994 when mm-hmm. the church called me to be a missions pastor. Mm. And that was after serving World Witness, our denomination's mission board, for eight years. And it was really the coming together of a call to be a minister. Uh, ordained in our denomination and the uh, world missions experience, and they really came together being a called pastor here at First Pres to lead the church's missions efforts. So that's wonderful. Uh, did that for roughly 25 years, have quote unquote retired, but the church has uh, kept me on as the director of world missions. To, uh, I guess you'd say I'm not done with that part of my call here. So, yeah, part of the church's uh, interest in having a missions pastor really was generated from uh, the church starting to send out short-term mission teams and saying to themselves, you know, one of the things we want to do is do this more, but we need someone to help bring leadership to it. So uh, it's not the whole story, but that certainly is part of it. So short-term mission trips have really been part of what the church has done for at least 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and I would say has had a, a steady, a positive influence on the church's own growing interest in the gospel work in the world. That's wonderful. You guys have all recently been on missions with our uh, our congregation and sent. So, uh, but Liz, why don't you tell us where you went and a little bit of a recap of the work that you guys did. Sure. So I went on the college ministries trip to Wales. Um, this is actually my third year going 
on the trip. So I went two years as a student, and this was the first time that I went in more of a leadership capacity um, as one of the trip leaders. And we partnered with two different churches, um, Barry Presbyterian and Bethel Presbyterian. So we worked with Lauren and Drew Goodman and Mark and Fiona Johnston, and we've worked with them all three years. Um, We've really been building that relationship over the years, which has been really, really sweet. Mm -hmm. And our students, we take a team of 10 students, and they are responsible for planning and organizing and then running a vacation Bible school um, that's actually called a holiday Bible club. They don't call it vacation Bible school. So we run that every morning, Monday through Friday. And then in the afternoons, we do a different camp that we do at Bethel Prez. And we have much more of a... um, We don't so much plan those camps as we're just there to be extra bodies to help the church... They're much, much smaller congregations than a lot of churches here, and especially much smaller than First Pres. So we're really there um, to do things that they can't do on their own, that they need outside help with because they just don't have enough people to do them. So we're planning and we're running the Holiday Bible Club, and we're really just helping out with the camps in the afternoon. This mm-hmm. year we did a Lego camp and a dance camp. And so, yeah, it was really great. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And and Scott, too, our very own Scott Hole. Where did yes. you recently go? Tell us a little bit about that work and— and, and what you guys did there. Yeah, so we went to Grenoble, France, to a camp, and it was a camp for um, teenagers that are um, children of missionaries with World Witness. Yeah. So the reason why they decided to do this camp is um, all these children had recently moved in the past year. Okay. So transition can be hard for anybody moving from one culture to another. And it's um, especially hard for a teenager because, you know, teenage years, you're figuring, trying to figure a lot of things out, trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life, things like that. <laughs> it can be made doubly difficult when all of a sudden you have to uproot yeah. and leave friends <clears throat> and family. So this camp, the purpose behind it was to help these kids um, get together, interact with people that are going through the same struggles that they're going through, mm. and also to learn a little bit about uh, what the Bible says about how we deal with struggles and transitions and times of change in our lives. Mm, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And Neil, you said there was a third trip that we actually had go this summer as well. I think you said it was in Spain, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was in the month of May. We'll okay. call that early summer. Early summer, yeah. And uh, it was a group from uh, the church that went and ran an English camp at sure. a church plant uh, in Toledo, Spain. Uh, the church is four to five years old, and part of the effort of establishing a church is building relationships with people you haven't known before mm. and trying to give the church credibility in the eyes of the community and, and these camps uh, have done that. And, and they're able to really uh, strike a positive connection because in, in Spain, as in a number of other countries, English is considered a valuable uh, commodity, particularly for jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Job status and levels sometimes are even determined by one's uh, knowledge of English. So if you show up with a group mm. and say, we're here to help you improve your English, uh, they they have those who respond. So the group went, uh, ran this in the, in the church, uh, would have had people back from previous years, uh, those building on those relationships and other people coming for the first time. And it's proved the, just a very effective ministry mm. in conjunction with the, the missionary who's there constantly and all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so you were you were even saying earlier that that work in particular it takes a lot for them even to come to that English 
camp because it's run through a Protestant well, church. Well, uh, one of the distinctives of Spain in particular is sure. uh, the Protestant church is amazingly small. Uh, the mm. Catholic church has a far greater presence. Mm. Uh, people don't quite know what to make of or think about uh, Protestant church. So uh, to have a relationship with people who are associated with that or to even uh, go through the doorway into a Protestant church is a major step for many people. Mm. Uh, and so just to do that is a positive uh, expression of uh, love and concern from the, uh, the gospel that this church is able to show to the people of, in this case, Toledo, Spain. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Why don't we also share a little bit, too, about one of the ways that you saw God at work during these trips? Because, you know, we go, we know the Lord's often there before we ever show up. What did you see the Lord do? Um, I think personally one of the most encouraging things this year, um, and it especially has to do with this having been my third year going, I think we got to see a lot of the fruit this year of the building of the relationships with the churches there and the people there and the members of those congregations and Mm -hmm. even the kids that are coming to the camps that we do. I know that last year when we went, Lauren Goodman was sweet to share with us that there were some kids that had told them every time that they drove by the church where we had the Holiday Bible Club, um, they would say things like, I can't wait for next year. I can't wait to go back. And it was really, really sweet to be there this year and to see some of the same kids, um, to have kids come back, that this might be their main touch with a church there in Wales, but Mm. that they come and that they hear the gospel and that they're excited to come and to hang out with American college students. And there was one boy in particular this year that he came last year and he was one of the more difficult kids. He's kind of <laughs> rowdy and rambunctious. And me and Nate Seske were sitting at the table checking kids in and he walked up and we saw him coming and we recognized him and we were kind of surprised that he had come back for a second year, but we were excited oh, wow. yeah. and we were kind of like, okay, this might be interesting. Um, he didn't seem like he was in a great mood. We were <laughs> not really <laughs> sure what was going to happen with him being there. Um, mm. And he came and he really, really bonded with one of the students on our trip named Joseph and by the end of the week was saying that Joseph was his best friend and he didn't want to leave his side um, and he really loved him. And I think that's something that was especially encouraging this year, but it's just encouraging every year to see kids, even in the span of five days, that build relationships with these people that come um, from a totally different country. Mm. And the last day of the trip this year, we did a cookout where parents could come and the kids were all there and they were showing their parents some of the things they had done in Holiday Bible Club that week. And more than a couple kids at the end of the time were crying and saying that they didn't want to leave, um, that they were sad to see us go. And it was really sweet because most of our time with them was spent sharing the gospel with them through songs and through conversations and through the teaching of the Bible lessons. And so I think it was really cool to see the Lord work in that way and to see that even just five days like that, he really does use that powerfully in those relationships. Um, He works through them and it's sad to see the kids cry, <laughs> but sweet to know that they really are sad that we're leaving, um, and it's something that they look forward to, and hopefully we'll come back next year, and we'll be able to continue to build on those relationships. That's wonderful. One, what comes to mind when I think about this is during um, the the sessions, um, our speaker, Curtis McGowan, allowed for a lot of discussion and activity, and it was great being able to see these kids share their thoughts and experiences about what they've been going through and then learning how to um, become more comfortable with taking these things before God. I think the tendency can be to um, deal with it. 
you, you're going through rough times. God's going to get you through it. You know, that's that's the end of the discussion. Mm. So being able to to see these kids um, open up and be willing to to ask God these hard questions about what what's going on in their life and to mm. be honest with themselves about things that uh, they're struggling with and things that they miss from where they're moved from. And it was beautiful to be able to see that and also see um, the heart for God that all these kids have as well. We had a talent show at the end of the week, which was awesome to see these kids put their talents on display and just think about how God is going to use that in their lives going forward. That is that is really, really cool. Uh, and so were there any any of their parents were there this week, or was it just predominantly the kids too? Justin and Jillian Bricky okay. were um, heading up the camp. They were organizers. And then we had me and my wife, Michelle, and then Mark and Julie Bischoff um, were there as counselors. Aside from uh, Justin and Jillian, there were no other parents there. So you guys were literally sent into the south of France with what, like thirty teenagers? <laughs> uh, it was it was <laughs> closer to thirteen. Oh, thirteen. But, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. But that's wonderful that there's, there's that you guys get to minister to those kids in that way and to to share with them and to see the Lord continue to do a work in the lives, not just of those missionary families, but even those missionary kids, uh, because. I, we were saying before you, uh, before we recorded that like these kids, they don't get the opportunity to, to choose to be a yeah. family that's actually a missionary. Yeah, they were talking um, during one of the sessions. It was kind of a joke. The, Curtis was saying, "How many of you uh, had a vote, like a say in what and <laughs> <laughs> where you guys were moving?" And then yeah. like some of them raised their hand, but it was like, "Yeah, but you know, it's basically <laughs> our parents are going to, <laughs> to do it anyway." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's sweet. That that is truly difficult for them, but it's mm-hmm. it's wonderful too. So, and Neil, I I forget was there anything that you wanted to share in addition to the the work that's gone on in Spain and any report that you've received back of how that's blessed the congregation in Toledo, Spain? Well, I think uh, in uh, that particular work, uh, the missionary has continually uh, built a relationship with a whole lot of the community there. Mm. So when he's out and about uh, to stores, going different places, uh, he increasingly is known, and he's known as the Protestant minister <laughs> in town. Actually, they might call him the Protestant priest. And, uh, Luther of Toledo. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and so these camps just help build that mm-hmm. rapport that he has. That uh, the, the goal, the aspiration is that the gospel will take those relationships and bring Mm. Uh, people into the kingdom, and so mm-hmm. that uh, that's been real positive. Another positive is, uh, I think, when folks think about mission trips, sometimes it's real quick to think, you know, what would I have to offer? Do I have anything to offer on a trip yeah. like that? I mean, we had one fellow go who I think probably felt that way, uh, was persuaded he should go, went and discovered that he did have something to offer. Of course, mm-hmm. English camp, and as an English speaker, uh, that that was useful and and, right. and you know not that challenging and he was willing to go and build relationships with people so uh, i think he is an example that one never knows where one might actually be useful for kingdom work uh, yeah. in, a, in a trip like this yeah sometimes you th- you think that uh self-perception would be that i'm only a one talent steward <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um but it's amazing to see how god uses these trips in the lives of not just his people but for Purposes that you wouldn't even imagine, uh, whether it's a, a child in Wales that needs a gospel, a faithful gospel presence, and 
a college student from America to, to witness the love of Christ in his life, which is really wonderful. Well, there's a missionary family that uh, has, has kids who've been relocated in the last uh, year uh, in, in circumstances often that they didn't choose, or whether it's a member of our own congregation uh, who, who gets to see that they have an active part to play in the fulfillment of, of the work of God's kingdom. It's amazing to see the Lord work, and so... Do you have any thoughts um, that you would like to share with anyone that might be kind of on the fence about whether or not they they want to pursue a short-term missions trip? A lot of it's timing and circumstances, and uh, sometimes it's, you know, you have a friend who's going and maybe want to go along, and uh, there's just a, a, a lot of circumstances. Mm. Uh, probably a mission trip isn't for everyone. There are reasons why people might not go, but uh, there are reasons some people uh, should go and so some of it's just keeping an ear out for opportunities I think before we're done I'll mention some upcoming trips uh, that sure. are that are in the future that might fit someone and uh, uh, don't be afraid to come talk to me about your interests or somebody like Dr. Robert Belding who's chairman of the World Missions Committee mm. or maybe just someone else who's gone and uh, get their insights to what a trip uh, be like for for them to go so mm-hmm. I would add to I didn't say this before but I think one of the best things that happens every year in the lives of our students more specifically is that they go and they get a chance to see that the church is much much bigger than America or than the south mm. or than Columbia or than first mm. Pres. and like Neil said a short-term mission trip is not for everyone but I think that I've seen so much value even in our students that might never go on another trip just that they've been, and regardless of whether it's an international trip or not, to go to another place and to be with believers there and to know that we're all on the same team and we serve the same God that we worship. And there's a certain bond there that's really, really special. And not a lot of people get an opportunity, I think, to see that so tangibly as when people go on a trip like this. And the hope is that our students would come back here and continue to pray for the kids that we work with and to pray for the people that they meet in the congregations of those churches and again, not everyone has the time or it's not available for everyone to do that. But I think that's a really great, a really great part of being on a trip like these trips. As you think about these partnerships that we have in these locations around the world, what's one way you think we could continue to pray for, for Wales or even our, our missionary families uh, that were in France or the work in Spain? Something actually everyone could be praying for for one of the churches that we work with in Wales is Barry Prez actually was given a new church building and they have been doing a lot of construction on it, which we were able to help with, which is really cool. And I didn't talk about that at all, but it was awesome. And they're trying to actually move into that building okay. this fall. Okay. Um, I know they have another team coming to help them with some of that construction. One thing I'm really struck by, or was struck by this year, and I guess in past years too, and going to Wales, was the faithfulness of the pastors and the Christians in a country mm. where it's not nearly as easy in a sense, I guess, to be a Christian there as it feels like it is here. It's mm. not nearly as common of a thing. And so I think a great way to pray for them is just that they would continue to be faithful and that they would continue to stay encouraged to know the faithfulness of the Lord and to know that they can be faithful because he is faithful to them. And for the Lord to use what we're doing there, not just to work in the hearts of the children that we're working with, but all the people that the children know, their families and their parents for the missionary kids with World Witness that they would continue to be faithful in their testimony and 
sharing God's word. And mm. a lot of these kids are going to public schools, prayer that they would be able to be a light in those situations. In uh, Spain, one of the things that's happened with the, these uh, teams that have gone is uh, they've established relationships and in some cases been able to keep them going because of uh, mm. uh, emails, Skype t- visits with each other. And I know that uh, those who have done that uh, really would covet prayers that th- those would become increasingly gospel-centered type conversations and involvement. Uh, I'd probably also say that uh, the prayer for, that the Lord would uh, bring those who are meant to go on future trips, mm. whether it's another team back to Spain or uh, maybe another English t- uh, camp team to another location that could use that. And sure. uh, we have a team going to uh, Austria to help with the church plant retreat, churches retreat there, a couple of mission trips, uh, uh, medical mission trips online for next year. So sure. there are upcoming opportunities uh, that the Lord, uh, our prayer would be the Lord would raise up those who are meant to go to okay, accomplish yeah. those. So, and, and so if someone is, is specifically wanting more information about one of those two, in addition to praying for them, who could they It's probably me. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find Neil's contact information on our website as well at firstpresscolumbia.org. So, Josh, when are you going to go on a short-term mission trip? Uh, some point. <laughs> some point. I am sort of like outnumbered in the room, aren't I? <laughs> you waited until we recorded to ask that. You're going to be at some sort of meeting. They're going to be like, how many of you had a say in whether or not you were going to Josh won't be able to raise his hand. <laughs> oh, man. That's wonderful. Well, well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you for being willing to take some time out of your day to come and share about the Lord's work and our church's reach around the world. Uh, we, we appreciate all that you guys have done to help our church steward its call to help fulfill the Great Commission. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, our listeners, for taking some time to listen to this. You've been listening to First Focus. For Neil, Liz, and all of the staff at First Presbyterian Church in Columbia, I'm Josh Adair. And I'm Scott Hall. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website, which is firstpresscolumbia.org. That's firstpresscolumbia.org, or on our app. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, God bless.